Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Put those earbuds in, turn up the volume, because it's the time for another edition of Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't panic. Watch out until then. Daryl, how you feeling? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. How about yourself? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Um, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. And welcome back to you too. Let me unplug you here for a second. I know. She wasn't working the other day. Oh, it's fine. It's just that. It's just that uh, apparently getting a little too nosy for our conversation, so Ain't that unplug. It. Ain't that it? Mm-hmm. Shit, forgot about something. Um, <laughs> Whoops. How did I do that? Um, <clears throat> what was that about they said? Oh, so, yeah, but welcome back. It's It's been almost a month since we've been on. It's uh, been a very interesting uh, holiday season for for a couple of reasons because we had back to back holidays and we're not talking about national holidays. We're talking, you know, personal, you know, holidays. You had our mother's birthday the day before Christmas and of course Christmas, and then we had New Year's, and then right after New Year's we had Aaliyah's very first birthday. That was important. You couldn't miss out on that for the life of me. Could not miss out on that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was very important. And, and, and by it being our first birthday, you know, it, it had to be special in some kind of way. Even though we're dealing with the you know pandemic and stuff like that, yeah, still had to you still have to find a way to to make that important. So we had didn't we didn't invite anybody over. It was just you know just the the four of us, mom, Nicole, mm-hmm. and the both of us, and we just pretty much just threw her a nice you know small sized first birthday she was able to get into her own cake without being stopped (laughs) yeah you'll see some if i put this video out i'm gonna put a little slideshow on there show a little photos from the little get together that we had for our birthday it's it's it was amazing Mm -hmm. to celebrate her first year on this earth when we was just celebrating, you know, her actually born into this world. And mm-hmm. now it's the first, you know, year of her being on this earth. And hopefully many more, you know, it's it was very touching. You know, uh, Christmas and, and and New Year's, yeah, great. But then following that week was the more important week. Uh, for us to really celebrate her birthday, especially while 
COVID and everything was happening. So it is happening, currently still happening. Omicron and Delta variant and, and all that stuff. So it, it makes it harder to celebrate. But I was not about to go in and let that be a reason that we didn't celebrate. I agree. I agree. I definitely agree. We did a, you, you did a podcast the very day she was born, too. So that. I did. You know, it, it, it comes a long way. You know, it came a long way from uh-huh. last year to today. Uh, from last week, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah. Her birthday was last Tuesday, mm-hmm. so at least. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, we came a long way. A uh, very long way. So, uh, still going through the teething process and her getting into things and her actually skipping the crawling stages and actually just walking now. So, it's going to be interesting with, you know, this first year going to look like. Uh, Add on to year two. <laughs> <laughs> Only yeah. year two. Only year two. Yeah. Countdown starts. Yeah. Month long is what we've been doing here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So with that in mind, celebrating Leah's birthday and you know the holiday season is just so absolutely busy. We just couldn't, you know, we really just didn't have the fitted time to come in and, and actually do podcasts. So we definitely missed out on a lot of picks this week. Not this week, these last three weeks, we have missed out on a lot of things uh, going on, which we're going to definitely talk about here in these next segments that we have to talk about. But one thing I am going to mention right now that I have to get out of the way is, especially for people that are watching that knows me and, um, knows that I am a Colts fan. Why in the world am I wearing a Miami Dolphins coat? Well, there are two reasons why I'm wearing a Miami Dolphins coat, uh, the Miami Dolphins coat. One, I'm wearing it because it was given to me. So I jumped on it and wore it. It actually fits nice, and it's a nice color on me. On top of that, um, it is a large. So it shows that not only can I zip it up, I can actually wear it so it just shows the significant process and the weight loss that i've done over the course of the last couple of weeks before i fractured my foot which i'm still somewhat doing just simply because i'm fasting so i'm still dropping weight but not dropping it as significant as it should be second reason the most important reason why i am wearing this coat oh, coats why i'm wearing this coat is because i am very upset with the firing of Brian Flores. Yeah. I'm very upset about that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm really not wearing it to represent Miami. I'm wearing it because it's the closest thing that I can do to represent uh, Brian Flores before he got fired. He, to me, did far more better than most people would think. The Colts and the Dolphins was on winning streaks heading into you know, week, you know, heading into the final weeks of actually being in the hunt in the playoffs when they weren't even a playoff team. Neither teams. Neither team. Yeah. Neither teams was a playoff talk. Mm-hmm. You know, and Miami coming in winning what seven straight before they lost their first? I think it was seven something straight. Like that. But I think the mm-hmm. Colts won eight or nine before they lost their first. Yep. Something like yeah. that. Something of that nature. It's but I'm upset with this fire, and I think it was a mistake for Miami to fire him. I don't really care about the 
you know, a, a, a drama that went on in the background because here, here's the thing about that drama. It turned them into winners. Exactly. It turned them into winners. And it it was better. Right. And it wasn't exactly. And it wasn't a, uh, a Urban Meyer situation, if you see what I mean. It wasn't an Urban Meyer situation. Correct. They turned out winners. They could have made the playoffs. The Colts could have made the playoffs. That's another conversation. But I just wanted to throw that out there on why I'm wearing this coat and I'm going to be wearing it all through this podcast. And I'll tell you, good thing about that is, is that Brian, Brian Flores has, has gotten interviews with different teams. So Interview requests, one being with the Bears. Mm-hmm. So even, even through all of that and disappointing to the fact that he did get fired, at least he, at least some teams are still showing some interest in him. Mm-hmm. But it still sucks. Yeah, it sucks. On my half. So that's why I'm wearing this coat. Yeah. yeah. So you spoke on that behalf. And there's something else that we got to talk about. And one is very dear and important to us. Betty White. Oh, yeah. This... This really tells the world, okay? This tells the world that no matter what's going on in your life, people still have to show appreciation for people like Betty White, regardless to, you know, how people are feeling, Mm -hmm. regardless to how people may think of her. Mm -hmm. You know, she was the trailblazer. She was an icon. She was the best. You know what I'm saying? And everybody still has a lot to make out for her, you know, um, being in different TV shows and being in different movies and and all of that. You can live off that legacy. 99 years worth of everything that Betty White has done. And um, Considering that she didn't make it to a hundred, she was about three weeks away. It still, it still hurts. Big time, big time. And it still hurts. And even though that report said that she has suffered a stroke, suffered a stroke six days before her passing. And ended up passing away on New Year's Eve in her sleep. Yep. Didn't, didn't show any signs of uh, um, difficulties when she suffered that stroke. She was fine and she was talking, she was alert, but it still hurts. And it hurts right in the heart. And I know a lot of people don't think of her as, you know, oh, this, this, this hurt, this hurt, you know, but it's sad. But it hurts, you know, finding out that a woman of her stature, you know, breaking barriers. Well, let me, yeah, breaking barriers. Yeah, breaking barriers, yeah. You know, saying she is the non-caring, you know, of breaking barriers. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm she's gonna, gone. I'm going to get to that point now, because at one point I me nor you would not watch the last 
four episodes of the Golden Girls. I I will now watch it. Me too. I'm watching it. I will watch it um, as a memory, uh, as a final memory. I'm going to watch it, even though it took Betty White longer to to go than the other three Golden Girls. I absolutely refuse to watch it. But now I'm willing to actually sit down and, and, and watch those final four episodes, being the two uh, two parter episodes. Yeah. yeah, and that, and, and yeah, we don't watch them. I don't watch them either because that's the cleanest <laughs> disc. That's the cleanest disc we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, disc three. Yeah, that's the cleanest disc we got because mm-hmm. we don't watch them. I think there's probably one episode on there that we'll watch, but other than that, it ain't, yeah, it, it, it's it's not it's not as far fetched as we would even put it. But yeah, uh, it's it's very disappointing for you know us. Post protector celebrating 100 years, and it's getting close to birthday anyway people still gonna celebrate anyway but it won't be the same no it will not it won't be the same absolutely not if i can find a way to get my hands on off their rockers i'll watch it yeah i used to watch it every friday with francis i used to watch it with her every friday back was working at baker and taylor and watch <laughs> white off their rockers all we watched. That girl was ridiculous. Ridiculous. She was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so back in 2009. Or two, no, 2010 or 2011. Yeah, it was something like that. That's, That's like, wild. Oh, wow. It's yeah. Wild. It, it is wow. I love it. So, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, she's still going to be in the week out. Even got mugs of all of them, the, the Golden Girls. Got that as Christmas gifts. So right before her passing too. Yep, right before right before her passing. We got it for Christmas. Yep. So, yeah. <clears throat> there it is. Stay golden. With thy names on them. And that picture right there came from uh, year one. Yep. Right? Yep. So it did. Came from year one. Or year seven. How about one of the two? It's one of the two. I want to see. It looked like year one. It looked like year one. Never tell. Yeah. <sighs> Heirloom. <sighs> see all my work on my bed. Got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I gotta work all over the place myself. Yeah, got it all over the bed. If I had it all over my desk, had to make space to do this. Yeah, I thought it out. I got stuff on the chair here. I got stuff on on my little counters, desks here, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll be right back with the uh, uh, platform talk of ours, and then we'll go right on over into the. Uh, NFL segment with me. We'll be right back.
So when I hear people talk about things and not have proof to back up what they're saying, it could lead to many things that, that could cause brainwashing easily or gaslighting. Now, a lot of people are talking about voter suppression and the fact that it's not real. And this is what well, this is what I mean by gaslighting or brainwashed or just plainly flat out not educated. For an example, Trump, Trump tweeted that Georgia would be a big presidential win as it was the election night. The mindset of a detective is what evidence does he have to back that up? The fact that Trump was leading at one point, that's not proof he's won. That is like an NBA team declaring themselves a winner or the winner at halftime. No, there's still work that needs to be completed at this time. No different with the election. Just because the polls are closed does not mean they stop counting. And also just because the polls are closed don't mean that all of them are closed. East Coast closed first. West Coast, then the mountains, then the West Coast. It's always been that way, and it hasn't changed. But if you can show me some proof to back that up, you let me know. But in the meantime, stop talking and tweet at that time. Now he can't tweet anymore. Another example, Pennsylvania wouldn't let our poll watchers and observers into the county rooms. Illegal. And in another tweet, he wrote that Pennsylvania prevented us from watching much of the ballot count. Unthinkable and illegal in this country. So again, I ask, where's the evidence? Trump sued to allow observers to get closer to, to, to get closer than the guidelines had permitted. Now the courts favored that, but that still did not get him to win in, in Georgia. The counting. Oh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia, not Georgia. I don't know one thing about Georgia. Philadelphia, that did not get him a win in Philadelphia. The county in Philadelphia was Lyle's live stream. And when Trump's lawyers went to court, they admitted that their campaign had observers in the room, in which they quoted saying, a non-zero number of them. You have evidence that the campaign had observers in the room. What are you arguing here? Are you trying to make a case for your campaign to be there? Or are you trying to make a case that you want them to be closer to the action? The guidelines tell the observers they can only be so close. But when the courts granted the request to be closer, even though that they were already there, and were limited to how close you could be to, uh, to observe the whole thing. You tweet one thing, but go to court for another. You're asking for a request. Prevention and request are two different things. You wanted to start a fishing expedition to see where did you wanted to see the ballots and, and make sure that they were legal and everything like that. Now, I'm going to tell you, it frustrates me that they want to suppress all of this when the American people have spoken. They spoke in 2016, somewhat. They spoke with Bush one, they spoke with Obama one twice, they spoke with Bill Clinton one twice, and then the first George Bush when he won, and Jimmy Carter, and all the others, Ronald Reagan, and uh, Richard Nixon. They spoke. The American people spoke. They voted. 
And now all of a sudden, you come in and make this case for uh, cheating or whatever word they, I don't know what word they use. But it, it's sad to me that that, that happens and, and it, it almost offends me that they would try to, to try to suppress votes all because they didn't win. So with that in mind, it's hard for people to accept certain aspects of life. Trump and his election loss is an example of that. And then the other example is that the Republicans have set laws in Trump's favor to make sure that vote suppression is at its height. Now, here's a natural fact. It's hard for me to accept the fact that I am 305 pounds. I am six foot deep, 305 pounds. I have to make changes to make it better for me. Start exercising more, eating better, and in portions. Even if I don't exercise, mainly be active and drink more water. I don't drink sugary drinks, which is good, but the sugary snacks is another thing, and junk food. And I can't blame COVID for my weight gain, and I can't put that responsibility on others because of my weight, and believe me, I have tried. The fact is, is that I know that there's only one person to blame for my weight gain. And ladies and gentlemen, that is me. I have to change that. Otherwise, I'm not developing self-growth. Why don't Trump and the Republicans think this way? Why can't they accept the loss and try to build back, but instead they try to make sure to make it harder to vote? Why do things in a way that you can't earn people's trust. That tells me that they can't. They, they, they always tell us, oh, we have ideas but don't want to share. Instead, just attack people and their thoughts but not come up with their own. Now, some do. Some do. But some of them don't. Now, I never understand that. Yeah, I just want to understand that. It shows a sign of not wanting to be brave, be responsible, or not grow as humans. Trump and the Republicans decide to blame and point fingers like I just said a minute ago. Grandiosity. Now, I mentioned from the last episode, the four traits of a narcissist, which is now a core future and a sign of system of Narcissistic personality disorder, or as they say, narcissism, is included in it. Now, grandiosity is the impressive imposing, as I mentioned last week, which an example comes out to be I'm better than you, and I know it. This is the classic arrogant and attention seeking narcissist. These type of narcissists are the ones that are about themselves preoccupied with their success and are jealous of other people. Now, going deeper into the systems of and the science of it, it's an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Feeling superior to others and that one deserves special treatment. 
feelings are often accompanied by fantasies of unlimited success, brilliance, power, beauty, or love. Deep. People. It's deep. Believe it or not, grandiosity goes deeper than what is expected when it comes down to a narcissist or somebody dealing with narcissism. You ever had those ones that sit down and brag about their success or brag what their child has done or brag what their family has done for them or even brag about themselves? Because if they brag about family, it, it has to involve them in one way or another. All right, welcome back. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us, especially while we were gone for those three weeks, unexpectedly gone for three weeks. Because we had planned to still do the podcast, but then a lot of things came up within those uh, three weeks as well. Uh, but thank you for joining us. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are right here with us. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Darren, and that's Daryl. That's right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL. I'm just opening, and I'm just really practically just opening this up because, like I said, we had just missed uh, so much that it wasn't even uh, worth talking about. You know, even worth me just looking into things. It's just things that are coming off the top of my head. Uh, starting with the Colts, um, it's it's one of those things that uh, stumbles me to the fact that they missed the playoffs, and I'm. I, and I hate to point fingers, but I'm going to point fingers. If I had to point fingers at one person, it would be Carson Wentz. Everybody's pointing fingers at Carson Wentz. I'm pointing fingers at Carson Wentz because as soon as he got COVID, he ain't been the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think if he would have been vaccinated, I think he would have been okay. But I, I think fatigue showed a lot in him. Mm-hmm. Um. But if, as a leader on the team, he has to do better than, than, um, than that. He has to do a lot better than that. Now, granted, I will give him the fact that he do wear his mask. He do set that, you know, that type of tone. But when you're, uh, when, when, when you go to school and you learn about science in high school and middle school, mm-hmm. you are expected to take this stuff in science and actually believe it because these are things in science that you can't rebuke. These are things you cannot dispute. These are things you cannot go against. These are your guides anyway. to life. Exactly. But people do it anyway. And that's have been one of my biggest problems that faces, you know, people that are unvaccinated. Um, so I, I will put the blame on Carson, uh, uh, Carson Wentz. Jim Irsay says that the buck stopped with him. Great leadership, but bruh, ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Now, granted, I will give him that, to actually yeah. say that the oh, buck yeah. stops with him. I will give him that. And I also will give him the fact that he said that um, 
you know, he would continue to, you know, be faithful to Jim, I say, to uh, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. And I think that's one of the more grateful things that I could be more grateful about. Uh, with Jim Mercer and the fact that he does stick it out. He knows what he knows when something is wrong, and he knows when something is right. Yeah, um, he did it with uh, Dungey. Yeah, he, he did it with Dungey, and he's doing it with Frank Reich. He didn't do it with Jim Caldwell, and I see why he didn't, because he started to too. degrade himself as he went down. Now, I will say for Black coaches, especially uh, when Jim uh, Caldwell does well, when Brian Flores does well, uh, there's not a whole lot of chances for black people to actually be successful in the NFL just simply right. because they're pretty much performed based on other things or, mm-hmm. you know, cr- uh, not critics, but they're, they're evaluated uh, based on certain things and not what they should be critiqued on. And I think right. that's big, the bigger problem in Brian Flores uh, being one of them. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's really depressing, but m- more or less, I'm just impressed with Jim Mercer and what he, you know, is, is continuing to put his, you know, faith on. And, and I'm mm-hmm. very grateful for Frank Reich, Chris Bauer, you know, to continue to, to lead the team. And, you know, they, they're doing good things. Jonathan Taylor, rushing yeah. title. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he came out of nowhere. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. And he was already good when he was in Wisconsin mm-hmm. in college. Yep. And, um, with Jim Irsay, he, he, like you said, he he knows when he sees success. Frank Wright and Chris Ballard had something good going. Still do. Despite the fact, they still do. They still got something going on. Despite the fact that they start the season probably one and four, and for them to fire out and like win seven or eight straight and have an over 500 record within the last seven games, but still missed out on the playoffs that still shows significant signs that they still got something going, believe it or not. But when you said that the fingers is being pointed, even though you're like looking at that that way, mm-hmm. and I don't neither, but sometimes you have to address that issue. Yes. That finger pointed is Carson Wentz. Yep. And for your reasoning of COVID, I have another reason I would blame Carson Wentz. I will blame Carson Wentz because even though COVID played a big role in his performance, I also feel that he didn't put 100% effort into that game against uh, Jacksonville, your ASC mm-hmm. South. Even though the coach hasn't won in over four years. Since Andrew Luck? Won, yeah, since Andrew Luck. You know, they haven't won it since Andrew Luck. And it's a tough place to win, especially in your division rival, especially when you're in Jacksonville. You can't win, despite the fact that Jacksonville had two wins going into that game. Jacksonville has always been a problem for the Colts when it came to going to Jacksonville on the road. And also, the defense didn't even show up, believe it or not. They didn't even show up for that game. They showed up against the Raiders. But, but not against you're right. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. They right. did not show up. You're right. You're Both right. sides of the ball did not show up. Right. And I think that the fatigue of Carson Wentz actually carried on the team. The coach defense being on the field too long. Short amount of time for the offense to get a score in. Mm-hmm. And they only scored 11 points. Mm-hmm. You know, so... 
even though they had a hell of a run. Had a hell of a run. I'm impressed with that. You know, but the bigger question would be this. Jeff Saturday is calling on the Colts to move on with Carson Wentz. Do you agree with that? To move on for Carson Wentz? I want them to, but it's not going to happen. I agree. I want and them to. Here's the thing. I would say I wasn't a fan of the Colts picking up Carson Wentz in the first place. I mentioned that way back at the beginning of the uh, season. I wasn't I, a fan of it. I was until he didn't get vaccinated when I wasn't a fan after that. Right. Right. But for me, I really wasn't a fan of it. I was hoping they went to the draft and build on it. But anyway, um, even though that um, Jeff Saturday said, yeah, it's time for them to actually take their packs and move on. And with the way that I've seen that Carson Wentz had developed, like he was playing in Philly, you know, being good, and he actually, Threw himself out there, a 27 to 7 touchdown interception ratio. I would still not be mad if the Colts still moved on from him. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset. No, we're not. I wouldn't throw it his feel like, oh, that's a bad call. And, and this is a bunch of bull. And I wouldn't get upset. It'd be like, okay, well, let's see what else I can pull out the box. So the Colts, one, two, lost one, one, three, lost one. One three lost two, so they never went on that consistent winning streak like how Miami did. Lost seven, won seven, and then swept New England. And New England was coming up. Mm-hmm. They had gotten better too in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. but then ever since they faced Miami, they weren't the same. Well, they faced Miami the first week in the NFL and the last week right. in the NFL. Right. I meant to say Buffalo, not uh, Miami. Yeah, I meant Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Buffalo has always gave them a run for their money anyway. Yeah, Buffalo always have a run for their money. Even when Tom Brady was there. Correct. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and move on real quick of me getting a little dead tight. So let's, uh, I'm going to run through this. Uh, <clears throat> Analytics real quick, and I got one last thing I just want to mention before we move on to the NBA. <clears throat> week 15, analytics performance uh, winners for uh, starting week 15. Number five being Jimmy Garoppolo, 123.7 passer rating, 235 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I'm sorry, no picks. Yeah, these are all based on no pick performances as well. And other things included, but mainly no intercession. <clears throat> Uh, Justin Fields uh, for Chicago, 96.6 passer rating, 285 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Uh, this one was a, a, a shocker. Uh, it, it is a damn good one because you need your backup quarterbacks to really perform. Tyler Huntley, 99.5 passer rating, 215 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, playing with Baltimore. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, 132.2 passer rating, 268 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And number one, <clears throat> Noodle arm, Jet Golf, 139.7 passer rating, 216 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Week 15. Week 16, I have to throw an honorable mention out here before I start. Davis Mills, 130.6 passer rating, 254 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I believe. 
Yeah, and I believe he was playing against the Chargers defense. Yep. Either the Chargers, the Raiders, somebody. Oh, yeah, because they throw it. Uh, sportsbook bets pick Chargers yeah. to blow out the uh, Texans. Texans. And Davis Mills was clowning. He, he must have saw that like, huh? He had to. Y'all choose against me? Okay, I will fix y'all. He had to. Because it was, it, I, I'm looking at this like Davis Mills, 130.6 passer rate, 254 yards, and two touchdowns, no picks. Oh, yeah. that says a lot. But I believe he was playing against the Chargers. He if was. memory serves me correctly. Yeah. Yeah, Chargers lost. Yep. Uh, so that's honorable mention. I had to throw that in there because he wasn't going to make the uh, actual top five just because of other players outperforming him. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 115.1 passer rating, 202 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Patrick Mahomes, 135.1 passer rating, 258 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Josh Allen, 104.4 passer rating, 314 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Number two, Dakota Prescott, 131.4 passer rating, 330 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. And last but not least, number one. Joe Burrow, 143.2 passer rating, 525 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Week 17. Number five, Kyler Murray, 105.5 passer rating, 263 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Number four, Dakota Prescott, 105.8 passer rating, 226 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Number three, Mac Jones, 128.1 passer rating, 227 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Number two, Russell Wilson, 133.0 passer rating, 236 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. And number one, again, back-to-back, Joe Burrow, 148.0 passer rating, 446 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Lastly but not least, Week 18, the man that I gave honorable mention goes to number five. But before I do number five, honorable mention that I have to do this time is uh, <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence. 111.8 passer rating, 223 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention to Trevor Lawrence. Now, number five, Davis Mills. 128.5 passer rating, 301 uh, yards, three touchdowns, no picks. This is against not only your rival, but the Tennessee Titan defense. Mm-hmm. He would have been number one, but somebody else outperformed him. Garbage, but yes. Uh, Kirk <laughs> Cousins, number four. 142.0 passer rating, 250 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Number three, Thomas Brady, 130.4 passer rating, 326 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Number two, Ryan Tannehill, 138.9 passer rating, 287 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. And number one, Dakota Prescott, 151.8 passer rating, 295 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks. Damn, they threw a perfect passer rating. Sure did. Sure did. I haven't seen that. In the wow. Movie. Yeah. I forgot what a perfect passer rating is. 158.9. Yeah. He was damn near close. He about almost had it. Lord have mercy. Yep. Last but not least, um, we didn't talk about it in the open discussion because I wasn't actually uh, discussing it on the NFL. Mm -hmm. John Madden, another great that passed away during the holiday season, uh, right before New Year's and after Christmas. Um, I got to tell you, 
when I heard about John Madden's passing, I had to go on to play Madden. Um, it's, everybody did. Everybody did. And that was the biggest thing trending because a lot of people have really, they, a lot of people, and, and this is actually great points that I'm about to get ready to make because I'm hearing what people are saying. And the one thing they had to say about John Madden is, is that, <laughs> and this really sounds bad when you think about it. Every player that has played Madden NFL football game has the ability to do better time management than any head coach in the NFL. You're I have a, no comment on him, but yes, you, I absolutely agree. Yeah, you have <laughs> yeah. You have better capacity to, to perform on a football field with John Madden because he was a tremendous teacher. Okay, tremendous teacher with his video games. Uh, him winning the Super Bowl ring with the uh, Oakland Raiders at the time. Uh, that hit me hard, just as hard as Betty White. Oh yeah, that hit me hard. Unexpectedly, just like Betty White, uh, they are expected to have a public memorial for John Madden in February. I just don't know when in February because the family was just so overwhelmed with the support of, of John Madden. Because, you know, he was a quiet guy, so you really didn't hear a lot of people talk about John Madden. And when he passed, that's all I seen on my Facebook feed was John Madden, John Madden, John Madden. Which option would you throw to? A, B, or C? That's all I seen. Yeah. And you see they try to get uh, Madden himself, the, the Madden team, to put him on the cover. And which I makes sense. It's rightfully so. Yeah, that makes sense. Rightfully so. No athlete should go on Madden 23. Nope. That's all should be John Madden. For whatever, if y'all have the Legends edition, whatever the hell y'all decide to do, it has to be John Madden. The Legends edition should have to be John Madden as the Oakland Raiders head coach. I agree. I agree. And that's the thing. People knowing John Madden it's over a 70 year, uh, maybe 70 years, 70, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. People known him from coaching. Right. Which he never played because he blew both his knees out. Mm. He got drafted by the Eagles, but couldn't play because he blew his knees out. Then it became, he just went right into coaching. Well overlooked, in my personal opinion, as a head coach. Yeah. The most winningest head coach yes. in NFL history, 103 and 32 and, and seven guys. He's fantastic. That's why I say he's the he's greatest fantastic. in the world. He's, the he's, he's always going to be overlooked, and I hate that. Yeah. And now that he is, now he's no longer with us, people need to start showing more appreciation for John Mack. Then you got the commentator. John Madden. That's oh, how I more people that. know John Madden. Yes, that's how more people know John Madden. So you got the head coach, you got the commentator. Then you got the video game. More people know him through the video game. You know what I'm saying? So this is not like a big crowd of Michael Jackson's right. knowing him through um, just his music. Right. That's how a lot of people knew Michael Jackson was just through his music. He only had one video game, which was Moonwalker. 
People barely remember that. But people are going to remember John Madden as the head coach. John Madden as the competition. John Madden in the video game. As a video game creator. Yep, as a video game creator. Look, look here's the thing about John Madden that stands out to, to, to uh, a lot of other celebrities. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you know him head to head, it's a personal relationship. You felt Correct. like you've known him for years. Same yes. as a commentator. You felt like you've known him for years. It felt like you had this personal connection with John Madden. And even in video games, you feel like you have this personal connection with John Madden. Mm-hmm. When you out there in this video game and you're playing, like, hence me, when you're in that game, and I know a lot of Madden players can relate to this. When you are playing Madden, you can hear John Madden like if you're wearing one of these and you can hear him in the background. Remember your ISOs. Remember your posts. But there are a lot of things that you can actually think about with John Madden when you're playing this game. What's the best way to beat cover three? What's the best way to beat cover four? What's the best way to beat cover six? Hell, the best way to beat cover three is a, a track route underneath. Cover two, post to the middle. I mean, there are just so many things that you just remember when you're playing the game and how you can easily read the defense, not just as a quarterback, but also as a running back. As a running back, you can read the defense. I'm sitting here like this man was a was a was a teacher, a phenomenal teacher. So he's a genius. He, yes, he was a football he was a genius. genius. Yes, he was a football genius that no other coach could replace. So that was that was another death that that was another hit. That was another hit. Unexpectedly, that's yeah. the bad part right there. Eight that's five. why his family, yeah, that's why his family was overwhelmed because it was unexpected. And shell shocked. That would be too. Yeah, shell shocked. It's crazy, man. All right, so uh, we'll be right back with the NBA side with Daryl. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. Uh, of course, thank you for listening to us, cuz. You can listen to any other podcast, sports podcast in the world. But to sat down, take time with us, and very well appreciate that. Once again, I'm Daryl. There's on the opposite side. All right, so I'm pretty much doing the same thing that Derek did. He went to look back. So I'm going to actually take this time and just point out a key few things we're going to look back on. And one of the most recent ones was Clay Thompson. Uh, he recently returned this week against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. 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 Woo. Yeah. I think we'll have to do this podcast more often. No right. more three weeks. <laughs> no more months. We're hurt. We're hurt <laughs> right now. We're hurt bad. We are hurt. We are like, we have forgotten a lot of things coming into this podcast. Oh, yeah, we did. We, it was like, uh, did we need to rehearse? <laughs> like, we almost did. did. <laughs> we almost did. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, yeah, Clay Thompson recently returned this week against the Cleveland Cavaliers. He uh, scored 17 points on his return. Um, this says a lot for uh, the NBA 
and the NBA fans themselves and Clay Thompson himself. Mm-hmm. For him to be gone for two plus years, for him to get hurt in the NBA Finals in 2019, and for him to rehab and then get re-hurt again and then had to rehab through that, you know, anybody could have just said, F it, I'm done, man. My body can't take this no more. I'm done. But Clay Thompson actually took the time, motivated himself. Two plus years later, he's back. Mm-hmm. You know, and he looks better than he did before he actually sat down and uh, got hurt again. So it's it's an amazing comeback, and it was very special. Everybody, I, I pre, there was some ignorant people out here were really would really test your patience. They would really test your 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 pet peeve. Oh, that's a, it's, that's a because it's like yeah, because it's like what's so special about Clay Thompson? Ugh. It ain't about what's special about Clay Thompson. It's about the accomplishment for him to walk through his injuries to right. get back on the court. Him, uh, I think about Alex Smith the same way. Think about Alex Smith. It took him a little more than two years also. It wasn't Close even to that, three. Wasn't even that. The boy almost died. Yeah, he almost died. He had to do multiple, multiple surgeries. Life-threatening on top of that. You know, these are the things that you, if you don't sit down and actually grasp an understanding of injuries, dear, you're one of them, Patrick yes. May, you know how these injuries could drain you down. Not one, but two. And, you know what I'm saying? That's big. And there, you, you had one. Right. Just one. And, and that still alone. Struggling. I'm still exactly. struggling. Right still now, struggling. I haven't worn no ankle brace, no nothing, and I am hurting like hell. Look, for Clay Thompson to, to come through through two different types of season-ending injuries and, and rehabs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that not only will drain you, but when you actually get back out there on the court, he deserves the praise because he worked so hard to get Absolutely. where he is at. So anybody that thinks twice about Clay Thompson is what is so special about him, your ass get injured and see how far you make it. You know what I'm saying? Think about that before you jump up and start talking about the ignorance of Clay Thompson and, 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 and why he's getting all of this praise. Look, he is... He, he worked hard at something, and it's a goal that he's achieved, so everybody's applauding him. Everybody is supporting him. Stop with your ignorance. And a lot of and exactly, and a lot of players wasn't lucky enough to hit that milestone. That's true. Some did, but some didn't. Let me give you an example. Andrew Luck. Right. He had his points for coming back from injuries, but he couldn't take it no more. Mm-hmm. And he ended up retiring. It's sad, but at the same time, that just shows you that the appreciation that people will give to Clay Thompson, missing two plus years from an injury, big battle of your life versus Andrew Luck, both sides, regardless, still got to show support. Because with Andrew Luck, he didn't get the support that he really deserved, in my personal opinion. No, he He got dogged. Okay. He got dogged. All the way around. All the way around. 
because the offensive line wasn't protecting him. None of that wasn't happening for him. And, and he got through. beat up. And, and played he played through, through it. And he played through a last a lacerated kidney and still yeah. got dogged. And still got dogged. Talking about that. Uh, what was they were saying? They were saying uh, 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 he should have played through it. He did. He did. In case you forgot, he did. Yeah, in case y'all forgot, he did play through those injuries. That's why his body couldn't take it no more. His mental health was ridiculous. Okay, and he didn't get the he didn't get the, the support that he deserved, and, and that and that just shares right there. Clay Thompson hit it big. He hit it big. Regardless of how anybody want to look at it, he hit it big. He earned that. That shit is hard. It's hard. It is hard. Because I'm going uh, to it. <laughs> exactly. Because I say this. I would never, ever complain about a sprained ankle. <laughs> you hear me? I would never, ever complain about a sprained ankle. That shit could take months. Yeah. Okay, that's nothing. Torn ACL, torn MCLs, all that broken pupil shit. Yes, two plus years. Damn it, I am not complaining about a, uh, another ankle sprain. Yeah. Oh, I live with this. You know, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, I, I am way more fortunate. I can get through it. Mm-hmm. But all that that Clay Thompson went through, high praise. High praise. High praise. Yes, sir. You hear me? Mm-hmm. High praise. Another one that hit the that hit the news in the recent recent weeks was Steph Curry. He uh, last month, well, you should say last year, but I would say last month to make it recent. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put this out, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's that was kind of payback from what you did to me in the kitchen. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was intentional. I it, I did not think you were gonna last. So that, I did. I spit all my shit out. He spit it on me. All out. Yeah, I did. Got all over the floor, and I tried to finish and swallow the rest of it. I couldn't handle it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, so so now, of course, Steph Curry, he uh, hit uh, his 3,003-pointer. It was last month. Um, That was in New York against the Knicks. Uh, His parents was in uh, attendance as he uh, broke the record. Everybody got to see history. So there's going to be another question that relates to this also, but it's getting frustrating that a lot of things are really starting to become overrated. And so the first thing that comes into mind that a lot of people are saying that I've been reading a lot of one is that the revolution of three-point shooting has been overrated. Now, I don't know if you saw that, Darren, but that's what they're saying. The three-point revolution has been overrated. Now, my opinion, it ain't. It ain't. You just got to find the right person that can utilize the three-point shot. Steph Curry's one of them. 
Steph Curry's one of them. Yeah. So put it in the bag and shove it up your ass because this is this is the NBA. If you want to think that everything is really starting to hit overrated. Let's just quit the game of basketball and everybody just play street ball. Go out in the snow, play a little basketball. Go out in the rain, play a little basketball. See what shit gets overrated then. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. So those type of things get frustrating. Yeah, I thought on that. You know, just the fact that I love shooting threes myself. Yes, that's frustrating. It is. It's frustrating. How do you? How do you? Because we we hooped all the time. You know, we play street ball. We, we always used to travel to different parts and try to destroy people. Okay. Darren, you bought your three point game with you. I bought my playmaking skills. Uh Tyron brought his playmaking skills. Uh, David bought. A little mixture of everything, mid range inside yeah. the you know inside yeah. the paint. He fucked that game, you know. And, and Levester bought his, Justin bought his too, you know. And that's that's what we do. That's what everybody's supposed to do. You, you bring your game with you, but that don't mean that a lot of things are overrated. It's just not fair, right? It's just not fair. And I, I just think that that's just a bunch of bull. Yeah. That's just a bunch of bull. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's that. Another one that hit the recent news. Kyrie Irving made his return despite not being vaccinated. And I think he made his return here, <laughs> right? Against the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Yep. He made his return against the Pacers. Um, I feel that there's a desperation and uh, the roster because everybody's out because of COVID. You know what I'm saying? They're giving out two-day contracts and stuff like that. So that would bring Kyrie back out of desperation. Do you cause that for bigger disappointment or actually desperation? Desperation because he's going to get COVID next. I hate to say that, but he is. You're playing around people that that are partially either vaccinated or not vaccinated, and you're not within six feet, and you're definitely not wearing a mask. So you're eventually going to get it. And at some point, everybody, if they already have it, will get it. And it's going to be nothing but a waste of time, and mm-hmm. that's the end of that. It's just going to be a waste of time. And the NBA is already having a lot of problems with COVID now because everybody's hitting with it. Yes, and that's why the and that's why the today contracts are coming, and that's why Lance Stevenson got his chance mm-hmm. with the Pacers because right. a lot of people are out with COVID. So that to me also shows that there's a lot of disappointment because ninety seven percent of the NBA players has been vaccinated, ninety seven percent, and. For everybody to still be catching COVID because of people that are not vaccinated, that's 3%. That's still a lot of people. That are still a lot of players that are not vaccinated, believe it or not. Right. 
take it for the three percent. That is a lot of people. Shout out to uh, Lance Stevenson for his uh, contributions to the game for the last oh yes weeks. Yes. Shout out to him and his ability to be a real spark plug off the bench. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the Pacers will sign him for the rest of the season. That it. Well, that they did. said they said that they have a financial hardship, so they had to sign him to a second 10-day contract. Mm-mm. I just saw a tweet today that they signed up for the rest of the season. Okay, so it. they apparently must have fixed that situation. They, they fixed it. Didn't, they didn't have it at first. That's funny. And he's still on that second uh, second 10-day contract. After that second 10-day contract they, will go in effect with that contract. Has he even gone through his first day? 10-day contract? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to write sorry because I oh, don't yeah. think he went through that. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. <clears throat> Games were close. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what a gap. Yeah, okay. But that just still shows that that's what the Pacers need. They need that spark. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. a spark plug. Even though they're the still pitch. losing, they still need that spark plug off that pitch. Put this in the notes, but I got to ask you. I got to ask you. There's been some trade block moves. I don't want to hear it. They cannot <laughs> trade Miles Turner. They cannot trade Demonis Sabonis. They cannot. They can trade uh, Curious Levert for all I care. They can trade Michael Bryan okay. for all I care. But okay. they cannot okay. trade the two big guys. They cannot okay. do that. Okay. So that would be thing. stupid to trade Miles Turner. He's the league leading man at blocks. That would be right. stupid. Okay, right. I get that. But here, here's the here's the rumor, though. The rumor is, is that they are looking to ship, of course, Curious Levert. But also, in a different package, they are trying to ship Miles Turner, but trying to keep the minus of bonus. That he's not part of the trade ordeal. Now, looking at that situation, there's a struggle of scoring that needs to improve. And the inconsistency of Miles Turner and Demonis Abonis, there's some trouble here. Now, I'm not saying trade, go ahead and trade Miles Turner because we need that defense, believe it or not. We need that. And we also need Demonis Abonis to score. But at the same time, Miles Turner has complained a lot that he has not had the ability to shot. He has said that. And the Miles Sabonis has been saying, hey, I want out. But the Pacers look like they're not trying to ship him. But that's why it's a rule. If that do happen, if that do happen, one of those two is being shipped out. And they ain't keeping both of them. I'm going to tell you, that's going to be the biggest mistake you make in your life. <clears throat> that's the biggest mistake you'll make in your life. Because what Miles Turner make up in defense is what the Miles don't have in defense. What the Miles and Bonus make up in offense is what Miles Turner don't have in offense. You're I making agree. a mistake if you get rid of uh, one of them, regardless. And that's now, why. What we need is more guards that can play defense than anything. I'll put it like this. If you want to get rid of anybody, in my personal opinion, Curious LeVert. I agree. I agree. I would keep Michael Brockton, but I would ship 
Curious Levert. Look, to be honest, you could ship both of them. It wouldn't hurt me. To be honest. No, it wouldn't hurt me if you did Michael Brogdon too. But my thing with Michael Brogdon is, is that that man could take advantage of height advantage. That's true. Okay? And that's he's six five. Yep. He's six five. You got guards that are shorter than him. He will blast anybody out of the way that's not six five at all. If he gets the ability guard. to do so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. If he gets the ability to do so, but he's been hurt too. So get rid of him. You know, get rid of him. But if that was me, Christopher Michael Brock, it wouldn't hurt me if they got rid of him. But the main thing that needs to happen, Lance Stevenson has got to give both of them the chances. Because Lance Stevenson. See what happened to the bottom of bonus, right? Lance Stevenson had, what, 14 assists? Yeah. The bottom of bonus, pick and roll every single time. You know? Now, your ability to do Miles Turner the same way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's how I feel that. But, you know, I just had to, I had to just throw that out there. It wasn't in the notes. And That's fine. I, I have to, to get your opinion on that. That's fine. I don't like that, but that's fine. No, you didn't, but I really I just had to don't like hearing on. that. I just don't but sometimes like you have that. to talk that out to kind of make yourself feel like, okay, hey, some of the things need to be valued here and some of the things that just need to be spoken out. And That's true. It, it only makes sense. That's true. It only makes sense. All right. So we talked about the three-point revolution being overrated, then which I disagree. So now I've seen something else. It's the same way. Can I, ask a, can I ask a question before you continue? Yeah. Did this come from Stanley Van Gundy? I'm not thinking about no damn Stan Van Gundy. Did this come from him? No. Go ahead. <clears throat> no, this does not come from him. This is, well, I, he has something to say about it, which I don't know what it was, and I can care less what he thinks. Oh, I'll tell you what he said, but go ahead. I'll tell you, because it depends yeah. on what you're about to say. I need to know what you're going to say first. And what I was going to say. And what I was going to say. I was actually going to ask. Our triple doubles are overrated. Oh, well, in that case, Stanley Van Gundy would say yes. I bet he would. What did he say? He said that individual players' performances on triple doubles uh, do not uh, evolve. Hold on. I, I saved it, and I don't remember what he said, but I did save it. Hang on. Hang on, give me a second. I have it. Hold on here. Besides that picture of Kermit the Frog. Here we go. <laughs> In the NBA, achieving a triple-double does not mean a player's playing well. Stan Van Gundy. Let me rebut that. Only <laughs> if you are stat chasing. <laughs> that's when that's relevant. <laughs> Let me give you an example. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I'm sorry. My man is stat chasing at that point. He's stat chasing. Now, I've always talked about Russell Westbrook and his ability to, you know, be good at averaging triple doubles. But you only think about those players that can't get triple doubles on a regular consistency, but not stat chase. Here's how Larry Bird put it. Anybody that could get a triple-double, 10 points, 13 assists, 
10 rebounds. That is a pure player of getting a triple-double, helping their team to win. Magic Johnson. 20 points, 15 assists, 13 boards. He pointed him out because he wins games. Mm -hmm. Five rings, right? Right. Five rings under his stack of triple-doubles. But some of that didn't even wasn't even relevant to winning one rings. His rookie year, 42 points, 15 points. He had a double-double. He only had seven assists. So he's not stack chasing. Russell Westbrook is. You know, I hate talking about Russell, Russell Westbrook in that way, but it just seemed like that he made his mark in the NBA, and that's it. He won when he made it to the NBA. Anything else doesn't matter to him. And I hate to say that about Broly, but that's the truth. He said it. He said that himself. Yeah. He made it into the NBA. That's it. Yeah. And that's the problem. You know, and I respect the fact that, you know, you say those type of things. I respect that. But people are looking around you. They want to win. Yeah. Because he's like, if he don't win a ring, he don't win a ring. But it's like, you ain't even trying to give that capacity to even try. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you did. Chasing stats. Yeah, you probably did within your first three years or with, within the first few years of you when you, Kevin Durant and James Harden with you know, teaming together because you guys had such a great chemistry. But now it's like, it don't even matter. And, and, and you're correct. because and I, and I learned this. Who the, the last person before Russell Westbrook to average triple doubles, the last person to do it was back in 2013, 2014. Lance Stevenson. He only had five. Russell Westbrook ever since then. All Russell Westbrook. Shame. And lastly but not least, point guard position. The revolution of John Morant. Bro, don't even give me started about him. You see these athletic blocks this dude out here making? Bro, they are calling for a uh, drug test on this man. No, this man been doing this since college. Garbage. Yeah, Stop it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. They might as well. They did. They had drug tested Shaq. <laughs> Wait. But even they breaking drug ribs. And we're breaking ribs. Like, uh. We got this out about him. Yeah, we yeah. got this out about him. So there was not a shred of drug in him. Oh, and John Morant's the same exact same way. What I say is about John Morant. So in 30-something games so far, I think it's 33, 24.9 points per game, shooting 48.9% from the court, and he's averaging 6.7 assists per game. So practically 25 points a game, 49% shooting. Let me send a message to everybody that listens to this podcast that's an athlete and wants to get into the NBA. And this message is to people that are six foot three and under. Look at him. Okay. You cannot determine your size. Six foot three, six foot two, six foot one, five eleven. 
You cannot determine your size to feel like that you cannot make it. Spud Webb. Yep. Musky Bowles. Yep. Spud Webb was 5'9". Musky Bowles was 5'11". They were nowhere near six foot. Well, Spud Webb was close, but they were still nowhere near five or six foot. <laughs> nowhere near. You know, don't let your height as a point guard determine that you cannot make it in the NBA. John Morant is the perfect example. He is the perfect example of a player that is six foot three and can still play ball. Let me correct you real quick. Muskie Bowles was nowhere near uh, six foot. Spup Webb was the closest as being five nine. Bogues was five three. I just said that he's five three, not five eleven. Oh, I said Mus- uh, Musky Bogues was five three. Yeah, Spud Webb was five nine. Right. Look at that. That's just tell you right there. Five foot three. I was seven inches off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's no. five three. That's a definite. He's really the example. He's the example. He is. Look at his tape. Look at his stuff, man. Because you got. There used to be an evolution of quick, speedy point guards. Who broke that barrier? Magic Johnson. He was 6'9. He was 6'9. Playing point guard, damn near could have played a four. Now you got John Moran. Six foot three, and he's punishing people right now. He is putting the league on notice. Spud Webb won the dunk competition. Spud Webb won the uh, 88? No, the, yeah, 88 or 89. He won one of those years. You finna find that in a minute. But don't let your height determine that you cannot play six foot three or, or under. under. Especially under. Especially under. You just cannot do that to yourself. Oh, and, you know we, were, and we were wrong again. But where it was not five foot nine. How tall was he? Five foot five six. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> he was five six. That's even worse. That is the whole point. You cannot let your height determine how you go do. Exactly. You may not be able to. You know, at, at five foot six, you might not be able to, you know, contest a player or block a shot or anything like that. Right. But your presence can make a lot when you're still in the ball, running a fast break. Any of those things can really level up. 1986. 86, that's what it was. 86. And John Moran for him to be six foot three, averaging 25 points a game, shooting 49% and averaging 6.7 assists. That would tell you right there, hey, I'm about to put the league on notice. And that's what I'm doing. I'm putting the league on notice. He's beating the Lakers. He's beating the Warriors. And now the Grizzlies are on the 10-game win streak going into, uh, I think, Wednesday night. Oh, 10-game win streak. How much more can you ask for that? You just can't. You just can't. That's all I got. 
going into Tuesday night. Oh, no, wait. That was their 10-game winning streak. Going into Thursday night. Thursday night. Going into Thursday night. Yep. All right. So we'll be right back with the uh, final thoughts. What is next? We'll be right back. All right. So what's next? Next week, tune in to find out the wild card analytics performance winners for the wild card. Uh, we're going to take a look at the NBA and the NFL news along with point guard precision with Daryl and then the scores of the NFL as well for the wild card. That's what we got on that for next week. Uh, I got a quick announcement before we get out of here. Um, I'm doing a long hey to you on my other podcast of Breaking Middle Health with Daryl. I'm just spreading an announcement. I will be back next Tuesday. I'm recording next Tuesday, and it's coming out. I forgot what day that was that quick. The 18th? The 18th, yes. It will be out on the 18th. I am continuing my portrayal series, and this is part two. Uh, just, a, just a second, Uncle Remus. Hiatus? Hiatus, yeah. Uh, why? I took a leave of absence. You know, I was supposed to be back to 14. But then the code came into town. Everything changed. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, like uh-huh. I was supposed to, like I was supposed to have been back on the eighth. And... Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You see what happened? <laughs> I had to make sure I had to be able to open up my eyes before I could do anything. I know, right? Yeah. 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 So I'll be back. Breaking Middle Health with Duro, uh, January 18th. That's next Tuesday. So don't miss it. I'm continuing Betrayal Part 2. You got my word this time. I'm sorry about the 14th. I really am. <laughs> well, you, since you're saying that, let me apologize for the 8th. Because I'm yeah. supposed to be back the 8th. And mm-hmm. I apologize. But for you that did episode. one. You did one episode. And Oh, I thought you did. No, I did not. <laughs> no, um, I did not <laughs> put them back in the mailbox. I did not. Oh man, okay, yeah. I, so. I didn't do a thing. So I apologize. I'm coming back on the fifteenth, and it's on. It's on. So there you have it. So, uh, so there is another edition of our podcast. Of course, we're on YouTube. You can search the box. Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers. You can follow us on social media. Oh, and subscribe to our channel, too. And like our videos. Comment on it. Do anything you want with it. And we're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at the TSC2414 and at the Watch Brothers, respectively. But until then, I'm Daryl. There's on the opposite side. Yep. All right. Catch up with another episode of Double Take Sports Talk. Until then... Ciao. Ciao.